Hello and welcome to Dorks on Sports, a podcast about four dorks talking about sports. My name is Daniel. Joining me as always is Curtis. How are you feeling over there, Curtis? I'm uh, I'm on the mend. I'm feeling better. I'm feeling better than the Seahawk run defense. <laughs> Your voice doesn't have like that sexy growl it did last week. No, it's gone back to that weird Norm Donald thing that I have. <laughs> right. No, you look good. Yeah. Uh, Alana, what's going on? Not much, just, you know, doing the thing. Uh, what thing is that? Uh, being alive and a parent. <laughs> In, during the holidays? During the holidays and during a time when your kid has activities four nights a week. Yeah, yeah. But she's that, learning how to fence and she's learning how to do saber, which is cool. Yeah, I but think that's we, awesome. Yeah, but we've had to like turn down other opportunities because it's just too fucking much. Yeah, I know. Is she going multiple times a week? She does Saber on Mondays and Wednesdays, and then she does Jewish school on Tuesdays and Sundays, and then she often has something on Saturdays. Um, And it's like, please let this uh, two-week break that comes with uh, the winter holiday at school come as soon as possible. I'm all so that we can just have nothing on our schedule. So. Absolutely not. No, I get one. Th- I have one thing going on in a week, and I'm like, can I, I need a yeah. break? Oh, and I'll be in Disneyland next Tuesday, so I won't be able to record. Oh well, we'll miss you. Or in the um, air, yeah. Millie, what's going on? Hey. Um. Well, I know what you really want to know. Which is how my fantasy teams are doing. So, so tell and, give us uh, the deets. Well, I, I, uh, I just want to say uh, I missed you all last week. I uh, got a chance to listen to the pod. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, last week I lost my guillotine team. Ah. Um, after you know, deciding to finally humble brag about it, we all knew what was going to happen, and it <laughs> happened. I got cut. <laughs> And this week I was like, yeah, now watch, because my team's going to go off. If I just stayed in one more week, I looking at a rankings list on Sunday, like I had five of the top 10 running backs somehow. I can't even play them all, right? <laughs> this, this wealth of riches I would have had. And, and yet, when I look at how those players did, I mean, Jalen Waddell, who's that? He did nothing, <laughs> right? I mean, left and right. The guys that I had on that team, Ramondre Stevenson, I would have probably been counting on him Monday night. He went out. Hopefully he's okay and can come back next week. But anyway, I think, you know what? I would have been cut no matter what. So you can't uh, get too upset about it in the end. The hubs is still in it. So hopefully he can at least make back what we spent. Not that we spend money on um, fantasy football because that's legal in Washington state. (laughs) And um, my Folger Shakespeare team, we all knew that was in the toilet but my defending championship i have risen from the ashes with four straight wins i'm in third place and i'm going to defend my title they blew up that league because i was too good and i'm going to come back and (laughs) you know what you know what is very true of fantasy football what's that men hate losing to women like there is no it's like it's like the massage it's misogyny central it's like how can i lose to this to this girl it's, right. it's, yeah. like, it's it's that march madness yeah 
<laughs> right? I think Which that's Millie's why, also why I pretty my good trophies. At. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have trophies in all of them. Yeah. <laughs> they define me. <laughs> yeah. So um, hopefully the Fluffernutters will come back for their fourth win, uh, yeah. their fourth championship. So go Fluffernutters. We're rooting for you, Fluffernutters. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so the Seahawks played the Carolina Panthers last week and, um, the Carolina Panthers did exactly what we were afraid they were going to do. And that was just do whatever they wanted with the run game. They, I don't know. What was, they ended up running for 220 yards. Is that what the final stat was? 232 yards. Good God. Yeah. It's just we had as many running yards as they had rushing attempts. <laughs> I think Sam Darnold only attempted like 16 passes. Like they were like, why give it to Sam Darnold when the Seahawks can't stop the run? And, uh, and that's exactly what they did. The time of possession was so lopsided. It was 40 minutes to 20 minutes because they were able to just run and convert third downs because they were running and it started like right away like first first play of the game was like another five or six yard run and i was like oh boy well uh-huh. it's gonna be that game and it was um i am close to saying this season is cooked i'm not sure i see a path to the playoffs i'm not saying it's a bad team but if you can't stop the run and you can't establish a run, you're not going to win many games. And we have some pretty tough games ahead of us. Um, that said, I think that there is still some feistiness on that team. And I think the team does a lot of things well. And, um, you know, we'll talk a little bit about the defense, like we've been kvetching all season, but I also wanted to talk just about what is the team doing well and what are the things we can build on going into next season? Uh, Millie, do you have any thoughts? Well, sure. I mean, first of all, let's just um, make sure we all tip our hats to everyone's I'm sorry, to my favorite player, uh, Tyler Tiptoe Lockett, oh, man, who that continues fabulous catch i mean i saw this interview with uh with gino and he was he was given props and he was like you know any other receiver and you're not quite sure if you saw it like oh did he get in i'm not sure if he was in it's like when it's tyler you you just know he was you don't Mm -hmm. even have to wonder (laughs) and he is just i just love it when he does the tiptoe and he now has uh what is it eight straight games with a touchdown which and, is a franchise record mm-hmm. yeah yeah and uh he is now leading active players um with uh with touchdowns in for a number of seasons uh with five oh, wow. um he's just something special and <laughs> the receiving core in general i mean you know obviously dk is amazing and goodwin keeps showing up with these brilliant plays mm-hmm. um and we've proven that our tight ends can really make a difference in a game, something yeah, yeah. we did not see on Sunday. <laughs> I mean, Noah Fant, I think he got maybe two looks. It, he wasn't even involved really um, as far as being a receiver. Yeah. And 
that was, you know, that was just, it was a disappointing game. I'm not going to pretend it wasn't, but our receivers continue to be great. And I was just looking at those stats for, you know, we all know what the running game looked like, but um, you know, passing yards were actually pretty phenomenal. We, we, the passing uh, game looked pretty good. Uh, passing uh, game looked good. And the reality is when you just have running back after running back going out, it's only yeah. so much you can do. I mean, mm. we can all say rah-rah for Homer and and what's his name that I, I'm sorry, I just can't remember. Tony Jones. Tony Jones. Tony Jones, Junior. yeah. Junior, I'll just call him Junior. Um, you know, they, they're trying, but it's not they like they're getting, they're getting a lot of, of uh, you know, huge gaping holes to run through or anything, right? I, I would say that's been a regression. W- would you agree? Yes, the, but I mean, you also you don't have the same group of running backs every week. Right? Yeah, you don't. I mean, you're down your best backs. three. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Totally. You know, it's they on the flip side though. As as a defense, it's not like the Panthers had a lot of tape to go look at on these guys or what we were gonna do with them. So we should have been able to get away with one or one or two here or there, and, and we couldn't really manage that either. It was a not only can we not stop the run, we currently don't really have a running game. Right. So th- that makes it near impossible. It's crazy to, to do much with the rest of your season. But um, unlike you, I have not, strangely, as the person who still thinks that they'll win the least number of games, I haven't actually given up hope they make a playoff game. Do I think they could make it out of said playoff game? No. But yeah, I'm um, not ready to say they won't make the playoffs yet, but I think their path to the playoffs is... It requires some other people to lose. And we, I look, I watched the Lions and I feel like that's the season we could have had. Yeah. When I see how they started to surge and gel and and have these highlights and stars, but every week the, the scheme's just different enough that different players are being highlighted. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was the momentum we had and we lost it and we where they're getting theirs back um and so for me it's like if it's not the seahawks like go lions i mean absolutely absolutely (laughs) i'm actually rooting for the lions i love that story um you know they've been hapless but i also just love a good underdog story and jared goff you know kind of resurrecting his career a little bit um jared goff quietly having a pro bowl season like he's playing really well well, as long um, as he's indoors, he's fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I don't know if I would go as far as you are, but I do. I I think that they've got um, they've got that thing that we all appreciate and that culture. Which, I mean, I was somebody who watched Hard Knocks preseason with the Lions, and I didn't buy into the coach, and I didn't buy in that this was looking real good, but he grabbed them enough and he's building something and yeah. i have a lot of respect for that because it seemed a little put on to me in the beginning but i guess it's it's sincere and real real enough oh it's super sincere uh like you know his first press conference with that team he said he just wanted to get players who were ready to bite other teammate or other teams kneecaps yeah uh, like that was the whole thing <laughs> like dan campbell's a trip he's got yeah. that dog in him and he that does have that dog in that dog in him. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think, uh, Alana? If, if the Seahawks are going to make the postseason, um, and they have 
the issues that have been plagued him all season, which is, you know, they can't stop the run and they are inconsistent in establishing the run. What's the path forward? How, how, how do they get, how do they get into the postseason? They go eight and nine and hope the other teams suck. Like that's what, <laughs> that's what I called at the start of the season. That's still on the table. They're probably going to get creamed on Thursday night. I do not have a lot of faith that, that they're going to win that game. Uh, they could go nine and eight. Wait, what are, are they're seven and seven now, right? Or are they seven, seven and six? Seven, seven and six. Seven six. So they've got um, Niners, Chiefs, Chiefs, Jets, Jets, Rams remaining. Like I could see them losing the next two and winning the two after that, uh, and then they'd be nine and eight, and as opposed yeah. to eight and nine, still a successful season. Um, you know, the other thing that could happen and just make this a uh, throw your hands up in the air weird season is they could lose four times to the AFC or sorry, NFC South and then lose to the Raiders and the Niners. Like that could be their season too, which is like, what? Because yeah. I, I think it's arguable that the Niners, even with Brock Purdy or Prudy, whatever his name is, even with Josh Johnson at QB are maybe the best team in football like not yes. just the nfc um the way they run the ball is unbelievable uh and so like we could lose to one of the worst all of the teams in one of the worst divisions in the history of the nfl <laughs> and then beat everybody else like that yeah. that feels like the season that i want to end with you know yeah how, um, how weird would it be to to lose against the nfc south and then beat the niners and chiefs yeah, I mean that would be pretty unbelievable, but also pretty darn. <laughs> that kind of seems like a season uh, that the Seahawks are heading in. Yeah, I mean you know chaos ball, right? But if they go, I still think they could easily go nine and eight, like win two of the last four. Um, and I, I think that. that I think that of the Giants and the Commanders, I mean they're really in in battle for playoff con uh, contention with the Giants, the Commanders. And the Lions, they've got effectively a two-game lead on the Lions because we beat them earlier in the year. Uh, and um, realistically, they have to go three and one for the rest of the season. I don't think they have a hard schedule, but um, I think that the command of the Commanders and Giants, they both still have to play the Eagles yet this year, and I think they both have to play the yeah. Cowboys yet this year. They yeah, have and the, the Giants are in a pre-fall. Yeah, yeah, so like. I think the path of the playoffs is to just not totally like go two and two the rest of the way, finish yeah. nine and eight, and then wait for two of those other teams, one or two of those other teams to suck yeah. uh, too, realistically. Um, yeah. But if they go two and two and the Lions go three and one, we're in over the Lions because we beat them. Because we, yeah, we have the tiebreaker. Right. And so then if the Giants and if, the, if we, end up with the same record as the Giants, we beat them because we go head to head. So this idea that like like the Jets and the, the Rams are winnable games. The Chiefs, who knows? Like probably yeah. not, but they're also not a team that's they're vulnerable. The yeah. They're vulnerable. They're not, they're not, they will try to, sure. Yeah. But that's not their strength. That's not their game plan. Um that's not the it is, I mean, the Jets game plan is like, 
Mike White, maybe, like, and defense. <laughs> Great defense and hope the offense doesn't suck. Right. Yeah, because uh, they lost that <laughs> running back early in the season. So, you know, I, I think I think two and two is, is realistic, and two and two gets in the playoffs. Um, do they get out of the first round of the playoffs? No. Like, they're going to – they would probably end up playing the – well, actually – they would probably like end up against the, the 49ers. Game. I mean, right now it would be the Vikings. Um, and they could beat the Vikings, if we're being honest. Because uh, the Vikings are all it's smoke and mirrors. It's a winnable game. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I'm not scared of the Vikings anyway, in any way. But what, what would probably happen is they get into the playoffs as the seven seed. And then the Niners would end up with the two seed. And, like, it's... Uh, it's another what I'm predicting, like thirty to five or thirty to three game. Yeah. In the playoffs. The Niners, like, uh, the scare me. We'll we'll talk about that later. But man, the Niners match up too well against the Seahawks. So Curtis, um, I have two questions for you. One, <laughs> it, it, can the Seahawks fix this defense this season in the last you know um, month? Um, and what do they do next season to fix those issues? I think it's possible they can fix it enough to where they're not hemorrhaging yards on the ground like they are right now. Um, but I'm not super optimistic yeah. because, um, because of this last four-game stretch and yeah. what these offensive have done. And I, I can understand, I can understand being surprised in Germany against the Bucks, thinking like Brady was going to throw all over the place and they weren't going to like hunker down. And, but after that, that should have been a tip to them after that game going in against the Raiders. And they had a bye week after and, that. And they had a bye week and they knew that the Raiders were, leaning in on their running back more than He's they good. were the quarterback yeah. you know uh-huh. but they focused in on Devonte adams and they didn't cue in on the fact that you know um you know, jacobs is a real one and then and and really just kind of like after that game you know then they played the rams right and they narrowly won that game against a Rams team that hadn't been running the ball particularly all that well up until that started to and the difference in that game versus Carolina is they were able to make adjustments in that game that they didn't uh, against Carolina. They didn't really, they, yeah, they, they weirdly did not. And, 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 you know, when, when coach Carroll was pressed about it in his press conferences as to, you know, is it players? Is it scheme? Is it this? Is that? I mean, he sort of gave sort of not really super solid answers to things. And so it was kind of hard to sort of parse it, but listening to other players and I, I kind of, I did sort of want to like Ryan Neal in particular gave a great press conference right after that game against Carolina. And he was just like, he was asked the same question and he was just like, you know what? It's all of it. Yeah. <laughs> Like we knew what they were going to do and we didn't bow up, we didn't stop it. Like we knew exactly how they were going to attack us and we couldn't get it done. That's interesting. 
And so it's kind of like, and then Carol was pressed, I think the following day on like the Brock and Salk show about how like, you know, well, what can you do? Is it, you know, is it, is it players? Is it scheme? Is it, you know, and is it, you know, and Brock was sort of leading with maybe it's the players and Carol was a little bit protective and it's just like, no, there's, there's things we could do scheme wise a little bit more. And, you know, I got to get more involved. And so we'll see what that means. And I kind of feel like I still believe that they sort of what they were doing in that four game stretch, they got away from a little bit more. I think that they were doing more. They went back to some, I'm not going to say all, but there was some four, three elements to what they were doing against the Cardinals and the giants and such that like we just haven't seen out of you know the game against the bucks and everything out of the bye like i feel like when i watch them doing the three four stuff and even showing the bear they're still you know like there's 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 still only three guys with their hands in the dirt and the two guys on the perimeter are are stand up and when you have it that way at the line of scrimmage and you're in that position of standing up you know to like rush or stop the run like you instantly you instantly give up a degree of leverage like a lot of a lot of your strength of in in, in, as an athlete in those positions is in your um your explosion off the line of scrimmage it's in it's in the lower portions of your body you know well isn't it a lot of like trying to beat them but with speed like get around well or i I think it's yeah i think it's there's if you're if you're going to be like a heavy pass attack and you're coming off the edge in a stand-up sort of way, like there's, there's, there's an advantage there, but if you're going to just, if you're going up against an offense, that's going to run, you know, it's like you, and it happens. It's just, I mean, just, you know, it's not just the running backs. I mean, it's like the guys blowing off the line of scrimmage or just getting right by those guys. And, you know, and, and all of a sudden like players that have been, you know, in the past, really good players in the interior, like Puna Ford, are just getting blown off the line of scrimmage. And, you know, somebody who I think is probably, you know, uh, uh, probably like a, a marginal talent starter wise and, you know, and Kobe Barton is just getting like bowed over. Right. Yeah. And like, and <clears throat> so I guess in my sort of long roundabout way, I think there's things that they can do to tweak the defense enough to where they can, they can stop the run enough and maybe, yeah, they can squeak out, you know, uh, they can split these four games and they can go nine and eight and get themselves into the playoffs. And that would be a great story, right? Like that would be awesome. I can also see them potentially losing out too. If they, if they're, if they're not going to make these tweaks, because I'll tell you something, not being able to stop the run is like, a death sentence in this league like it is really hard to well win. It, you need because to be I would, almost like perfect on offense and they're not perfect on offense because they're not running the ball so right right it's like i mean they've, they've got a good quarterback situation and they've got a nice receiver situation but that's not going to be enough that's you know i mean the, the 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 texans a few years back when you know, Deshaun Watson was putting up crazy MVP numbers. They had a losing season. 
you yeah, know, yeah. he was putting up spectacular passing numbers, but they Drew Brees always had losing seasons. Too. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's just like you can you can put up great statistical passing numbers and be you know losing because you're just you can't you're not doing anything so you're not doing anything to stop the other team and one of the hardest ways to stop the other team from scoring is if you can't stop the run game yeah so my 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 i I, i've been sort of patiently kind of like holding back my thoughts on this but i'm sort of like i'm at the point where i'm just oversaturated with watching bad bad offense bad defense bad bad running defense um i i feel like they need to scrap the three four altogether and just go back to the four three that carol has always run for the whole course of his uh his coaching career and that doesn't mean that they have to do away with all the coaches that they brought in it just means that those coaches have to accept that that's the best path forward and i feel like other players like Richard Sherman was in a press conference today um, because he's going to be a part of the game crew uh, uh, for uh, Thursday Night Football. And so he met with reporters up here and down there, and he was asked about the 3-4. And he said, bl- blankly, it was just like, yeah, you know, it's really hard. It's hard. It's hard for this team to play this well right now because this is totally unfamiliar from anything carol's ever done Mm -hmm. and he can't really step in and give insight Mm -hmm. if they're going to stay in this sort of scheme because everything that he knows is what he's been doing for the last 30 40 years and is everything that we've done up until this point and is everything that dallas is doing that san francisco is doing that the jets are doing because they're all doing his scheme like he knows that scheme inside and out so i feel like right now if they wanted to make the decision after this game where they've got a little bit of mini buy i feel like they've got players on this roster right now that they could show up against kansas city and the jets and the rams at the end of this season and show that and probably do better against the run significantly like they could like like puna ford was a decent four three uh, defensive end, defensive tackle, right? Like he did, he he did pretty well at that spot. Um, Shelby Harris, I think, is a good three tech. Um, last year for the Raiders, um, Quentin Jefferson was a good, you know, interior defensive pass rushing defensive tackle. I mean, we had Patrick on this show on this last year, and he listed him as his favorite player, right? Yeah. And so he could he could he could do that and he could play, you know, the four tech and and I think you know Uchenna Nuoso could probably slide into that Cliff Averill role and be sure. that sort of Leo pass pass end. And I think I think that they've got the bodies that could like shift into that next year. And they're gonna have probably the second overall draft pick where they could take you know, if the Texans take a quarterback, they can take this Jalen Carter guy who, you know, I've been sort of going gaga over for a while because you watch him on Saturdays and you watch the highlight tapes and he looks like every bit of somebody who can be like a generational talent, you know, at defensive tackle, you know, like a Fletcher Cox or like, you know, like a, like a, like an Aaron Donald type, like somebody who's just kind of like unblockable and has like, has just got all the tools to be like an all pro player. Um, but I think if they drafted him and had him in this three, four, 
they wouldn't be maxing out his abilities. Yeah. You know? So I just yeah. think, I just think they should, they should dump it for that reason. And the other thing is, is because the, the football is very, it's a very cyclical thing. And for like, I would say like the last, you know, eight or nine years, you know, the, the, everything's been this sort of spread attack, you know, with, you know, like going, you know, four outs and just spread and running out of this and stuff. And so like, you know, like, like top DVOA defenses tended to sort of be in that three, four mold. And it would have been a nice shift for Seattle to maybe try this, you know, five years ago when McVay got to, uh, you know, got to LA and on, and, you know, what's his name down in Arizona was, was doing that and all this sort of stuff. But now, now, offenses the sexy thing to do right now is the Kyle Shanahan thing yeah so the top DVOA defenses right now are all in the 4-3 and not just in the 4-3 but in Carroll's 4-3 <laughs> right so yeah. this is another reason why I think like you know this was a fun sort of not so fun experiment you know to try for a year but like let's just dump it and let's go back to what the coach knows best yeah and, and you know like it, it, it's not like the defense <laughs> was great last season but it in the last few weeks it ended up being pretty good so here's um, here's a, here's the thing that came out that i saw, saw come across my social media today last year at this time ken norton's defense was the 11th best scoring exactly. defense in the league last year Right. Right now, this uh, Clint Hurt defense is the 30th. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're just they're they're at the bottom end. What yeah. do you think happens to Clint Hurt next season? <laughs> well, Clint Hurt doesn't necessarily have to go away. He's been the defensive. He's been in. He's Carol been the system. defensive line coach here for the last five years. Like he could. I mean, he just has to sort of like if Carol wants to do this, he just has to sort of say like, OK, cool. You know, well, I'll make the switch. Right. I guess it's just hard for me to to watch what we've watched week over week and mm-hmm. and believe that in a you know to me I related to to an office situation right where the boss is like you know this isn't quite working can mm-hmm. do should we maybe try something different no 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 give me a little more time give me a little more time give me a little more time <laughs> and at some point it's like okay. I've given you the time. We're not seeing a change and you're not listening to me. And usually that's when you go on probation and you don't have a job next year if you can't prove that you can pivot and do what your boss is asking you to do. So uh, to me, well, I he could like be gone. I mean, he could, he could, yeah. I mean, Carol and Carol has done this before. Like his first year in the league, he brought in, you know, he brought in a um, uh, the the offensive coordinator that he had um i forget his name uh but he followed him from usc and he was um he was a pass happy play caller and um and carol got sick and tired of watching you know matt hasselbeck throw the same you know go ball down the sideline you know the fade and seeing it getting getting swatted and getting picked (laughs) and stuff and so and he wanted him to run the ball more and so you know he was a close 
personal, you know, assistant, friend, whatever you want to call him. And he fired him, you know, he didn't, he didn't adjust and stuff. Yeah. Well, again, Jay like, was the same way, you know, very close colleague and guy Carol liked, but if you're not yeah. going to produce, then got to ship out. I have a yeah. feeling that Carol will, would give Clint at least another season, uh, but I don't know, you know, Who knows? Uh, I, 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 I just, I, I don't know if I have, the fortitude like if i have to watch this defense oh, man next year it's, it's gonna be super tough and i don't i just i don't know i i mean i i don't see how yeah i don't know i don't know I guess the other reason why i'm i'm curious about it too is just you know we all we all were very interested in Desai last year and so there is this opportunity of you know this person who's kind of waiting in the wings possibly as well so that's what I'm, yeah. i guess i just i really want her to show me something in these yeah. final games that makes me a believer in what he could do yeah. or what he could do after the draft because right now we're looking like we got a number two pick like mm-hmm. make me yeah. a believer yeah in, in yeah. you because i want to believe in you but show me that you can adapt in some yeah. way yeah, and well, I, I kind of there's a it's possible Desai is somewhere else next season in like a <laughs> job or something like that. Because personally, I think the Desai thing awesome. is very weird to me because they brought I, 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 I agree. Brought I don't know if I like it. What's that? I don't know if I like it. I, I, I think it's, it's, I think I think it's, it's too many cooks in the kitchen. Cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. You know, you know they, um, but, um, you know, Hurt wanted him in because he was his buddy from Chicago and he wants to run, he wanted to run the Vic Fangio thing. And yeah, so I knew it, and, you know, so I don't know. It's, it's just, yeah, it's, I, that's, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's <laughs> tough to watch. I don't like watching my team get run on like they're getting run on. Um, and it, you know, it keeps the offense off the field. I, I was, I was just looking at those numbers where, you know, the time of possession was 20 minutes more than Seattle. If we had 10 more of those minutes, that's another seven points. Mm-hmm. You know what Played I mean? Played over well, 70 plays. <laughs> yeah. It, it, that's ridiculous. That's no. just absurd. No. Yeah. And I get, so. it can all sit on Gino's shoulders, but when you don't have a, a running game and you don't have a running defense right. sadly you do have to be perfect right you can't throw right. two interceptions and almost three i mean we were lucky it wasn't three we were lucky yeah it's beautiful when he threads a needle to dk but you it's not going to be there every time and that's yeah. okay if you're scoring a lot of points right, but right some of the chances that were being taken it was it was like oh we can't we can't force this we don't have enough points on the board to be forcing things i know and i, so, I kind of feel like uh, gino um has um an like he feels like there's an expectation that he has to make those plays if his defense um can't stop anything and he doesn't have a run game then he has to make those like right those risks take those risks and make those throws i i, I because forced. a lot yeah. of very forced like i don't have another choice because we've got to make this happen that's exactly how i feel yeah i mean most of his interceptions have come in these last four games yeah um, yeah 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 there's desperation there that i, I it makes me nervous um me i, nervous I hope he continues to just shine through regardless of what the win loss columns say 
Yeah. Well, even even with those two picks, uh, his his QBR was still really good for um, yeah. and and his uh, um, uh, quarterback rating not bad. Um, you know everything. The, I mean, I'll keep saying this because I think like after a game like Sunday where Geno throws a couple picks that felt forced you know everybody's like uh oh there's the geno smith we thought was coming no that was not the geno smith you saw the first season with the jets the that team did not lose because of geno smith yeah. you know like that is not the reason why the seahawks lost um yeah um well uh, let's let's talk about how they're gonna do in a couple days on thursday when the niners come to town um they're going to lose 30 to 10. 30 to 10 uh, is what Alana is saying. Down, I have two minds of this. So Thursday games. Don't overthink it, Dan. I know. I, I have a, I, I have a, a prediction. But I, I also, like, I was, I was thinking about this. Well, I, I was more like you, Alana, where I was like, oh, they're just going to get crushed. It's going to be like 27 to 7. Um, and I, I do think it's going to be like 24 to 17. I think that's what my prediction is going to be. But then I was also thinking, these Thursday games, they're always weird. It's always chaos. they shouldn't be played. Because they shouldn't be played. But, be it, played. It, but it turns into chaos. Yeah. And who benefits from chaos ball? The Mariners. Seattle teams. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. So I'm still predicting 24-17, but I'm also saying I think there's a chance we might we might pull this one out. And I will add to the you know weird statistics of things. Um, it's not quite the same numbers it was once upon a time, but we are in fact wearing action green jerseys. That's right. With We're navy pants. action green. It's, yeah. it's it's a fantastic combination. That's and such a, that's a, such a sexy three and zero in that combination. Such a sexy combination. So they're about to be three and one in that combination. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, like. Is Debo out for the season? He's out for this game. He's he's may he's come definitely back out for this season. He could make it back for the playoffs, um, but he has a a, a high ankle high sprain ankle sprain and a sprained yeah. MCL. Ooh. That's yeah. uh, those are bad injuries for a player that does what he does. So yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm a little torn on my predictions too because you know I recall when uh, McCaffrey came over, feeling like this is so stupid. Like why this is dumb. I know they use him so well. <laughs> like what season, you fools? And now we're all. <laughs> The 49ers look like a Super Bowl team. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's amazing <laughs> totally. how the tide turns. But then they lose Garoppolo. But then Purdy like looks pretty Have good. A Hollywood story. Yeah. But then Purdy's a little banged up. He should be fine to play Thursday, but it's still, you know, he was pulled because they were doing well, but he has an oblique thing and it was tightening up on him. And it's nothing like a soft tissue injury to really throw off your game on four days of rest. So there's a lot of weird chances that will be the excuse if Seattle wins, if you're yeah, a San totally. Francisco fan. There's a lot no, of that's fine. Excuses. But who's my... their number four quarterback? Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson. Ah, yeah. That's yeah. Bad. Um, I mean, you know, you could do worse. With all of those weapons and an amazing run game, 
and that defense. And a, a, a defense that can't contain the run. I also just don't see how we can get this done, but I'm rooting for chaos. But my, uh, I think we do better than maybe we, we should. And, um, but I think they're going to crush us. So uh, I've got us at 21-9 losing. Yeah. 21-9. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Curtis, what are you thinking? Seahawks win 24-23. Wow. I love it. Is Gino right. pulling it? Is he because football's weird? And, and, and yeah, I kind of feel like, I don't know. There's a lot of pride on the line right now. And, and, and I, I think maybe this team does rally. They are looking like more likely Ken Walker's coming back um, maybe for this one. And they get him out here that might balance out the offense a little bit more. Um, and uh, I'm just, just because I'm um, a uh, I'm I'm a true blue and green homer, I'm gonna say uh, they Carol spends you know sleepless nights of overtime with Clint Hurt and Sean Desai in that freaking film room, and uh, you know tweaking and everything like that and then they they do something that just sort of surprises uh shanahan and shanahan i feel like weirdly weirdly carol is inside shanahan's head like there's just there's just there's just the if the 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 win-loss record between these team two coaches uh vastly favors carol I think he knows that offense. He and I think that there's extra pressure. I think potentially on Shanahan whenever he plays the Seahawks. It's just it's just the trends are historically Seattle has San Francisco's number, and so yeah, I'm gonna lean into Seattle's that. Seattle's the San Francisco Rams. Yeah. 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 They, so they I'm going to lean into it. I'm going to do the Homer thing, and I'm actually going to pick the Seahawks to pull off a minor miracle and beat the 49ers. This I man, I would love that. I love it. Um, I I just I can't I can't do it to myself again. Where I keep saying, I know. No, 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 no. <laughs> I've got no emotional <laughs> attachment to this prediction. I'm just throwing it out there as as positive juju. Go I on. Love no, it. we need Game we need that positive juju. Said, I'm because just, I'm, I'm with you, Millie. We'll I just it. don't feel it. I know, but I also like I want it so bad, but I keep overriding my predictions because mm. I listen to you, dorks, and I get like my heart's like, yeah, actually, we could do it. <laughs> and I did that after telling you all that I have had a loss to the Panthers on my list <laughs> for weeks. And then I still picked the Seahawks to win because I was like, yeah, no, yeah, we can right. do it. We could do this. If the, Seahawks, well, you know, if the Seahawks win this game Thursday night, they'll be they'll be eight and six, and the whole narrative around this team will 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 completely reverse itself. Oh, I'm sure. Well, my I'm upset special is actually Kansas City. That's my upset special for us for the whole season. Has been that yeah, we, I like that. we have our own little uh, Christmas Eve miracle. Yeah. pull it off in kansas city now i also think we're going to lose to the jets so yeah. it, it all balances out <laughs> yeah. but my season uh upset is kansas city 
like I, I, I fully I fully believe that uh, the that a nine and eight team is getting into the playoffs. Oh, I can I can see that. And I mean, I wouldn't you be know. surprised if two of them do. Um, no, I I think if I mean if they can if they can win next week, uh, I think they're probably going to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We um, often have their number. I I I really true. feel it. It's Thursday. It's it. chaos. It's at home. I like mm. it. Just not in my um, Well, the Seahawks couldn't get it done against their Panthers on Sunday, but you know who did get it done against the Panthers on Sunday? The Kraken. That's right. The Seahawks and the Kraken were playing two Panthers teams, so the Kraken got it done. Uh, the Kraken got it done five to two. And that that two goal, that second goal the Panthers got was garbage time goal in the last minutes of the third quarter. Um, that was a fun game to watch. The Kraken broke a three-game skid. Um, and they came out uh and they looked like they looked like a contender. They they played all 60 minutes and they dominated all aspects of that game. They were fast. Um they were taking their shots and the shots they did take were going in uh, and they were tough. Um, and uh, Manny Beneers was the player of that game. He got the first goal and then he got an assist. And then in the third quarter uh, there, uh, the Panthers and Forcer Lombard um, just laid a dirty hit on, uh, on Justin Schwartz and just like boarded him against the glass, just a dirty hit. Schwartz buckled and Maddie Beneers took no time to just start scrapping. He just went in there swinging. Maddie Beneers is not a fighter. Like he is not an enforcer. He's a 20 year old kid. He's not a big guy. And, uh, and he was going up against a guy who's known for scrumming and Maddie Beneers just skating in there knowing he's probably going to lose that fight but knew he had to do it to uh to you know fight for his teammate was so fucking awesome <laughs> I, I just i cheered when i saw that and i went that's that's the team that's why this team is good because it's because they this team has their backs and uh the after the game um in the post game in the locker room uh, you know, the coach came around and he gave the Davy Jones hat to uh, Maddie Beneers specifically because Maddie Beneers um, scrapped it up. Yeah. And the the whole team gave him an applause. And uh, and I thought that was that is the kind of thing that will. Um, like that'll bond a team like that, that that team now knows, oh, the, I, I can trust this guy. Um, and just seeing that from, you know your your young player who's you know going to turn into superstar i thought that was friggin well, awesome veneers is our was already sort of winning hearts and minds here in seattle but the chatter that i've seen uh during and since that game uh he's truly won them all over now it's not yeah. just yeah he's rookie i guess whatever now it's totally like, he's you know he's the heart of this team and just everyone has really uh rallied around both fans and players with this yeah. with this kid it's 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 pretty great to see i think it's super fun um <laughs> they did yeah. lose today but they're still second in the division they they did and the kings also lost the kings got their butts kicked too there were a lot of upsets today um uh so you know uh, 
uh, hockey is like that. Um, I'm not worried yet. You know, it goes like that. Vegas had, you know, a skid like that too. And then they're back to, you know, doing what they do. Um, we'll see. Uh, we were talking about this before the pod, but, you know, the Kraken still has some weaknesses, goaltending specifically being one of them. Um, but they're still, you know, they've got one of the top five offenses in the league. They're top 10 in the league right now. They're second in their division. This team is probably going to the playoffs. Um, and that's exciting in your second season. Um, you know, and they're not even playing Shane Wright yet. You know, they're their number one draft pick. And he just got a loner into Canada to play their, I don't know, they've got a youth world cup. I don't know. Something like that. Canada hockey. I don't know. I don't understand these hockey rules of like, yeah, you can have our player here. You know, how much you want him for? You know, like renting your players out. I don't I don't understand that yet. Uh but um but yeah. So wait, they don't it's not their own minor league team. They've just sort of they got them yeah, out. Yeah, they like loaned them out. Yeah, it's more like soccer and they, they loan them out totally, and, go, totally. and he's playing for team Canada yes. for like another NHL team. He's playing for team Canada. So he's like yeah. Jamie Tart right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's Jamie. Tart. Okay. He's been tarted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I'm having fun. Go cracking. Super. Fun I'm looking forward to get into some more games because those games are fun. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. I'm in. Um, you want to get into some Dorgan? Sure. Let's dork out about some stuff. Who wants to go? Millie, you want to dork out? What are we doing? Yeah, sure. Well, kind of two different things. I uh I just started Wednesday. Um, I think we've seen maybe three episodes, and um I'm I'm fully on board. A lot of folks said they, you know, binge this show in, in a weekend and and it was and it's so great. And I was a little like eh. Um, and the hubs wanted to check it out and uh i thought for sure you know he'd be a one episode and you can watch this without me but he is uh he is 100 on board as well too which is always nice. fun to get to share yeah. share these dorky shows together um i just it's uh it's cool it's it's a uh, you know it's a young it's a young mystery with mm-hmm. a lot of sort of strange supernatural side effects i'm not entirely sure how much of this sort of sticks to um i guess you know canon if there is really a canon for the adams family they were basically family circuits in the new yorker in the 50s and 30s so like the idea of canon with uh, the Adams family, just throw it out the window. They can, you can do whatever you want with those characters. Great, because I'm like, wow, I didn't recall them having supernatural abilities, really. But, um, you know, why not? The Wednesday not? show. Yeah, Wednesday, and oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and in this version, there's there's sirens and werewolves and vampires and uh, I forgot Love whatever it. the heck she is. But they're all outcasts at the Nevermore Academy, and there's some sort of family history. It's it's very young and very fun and it's very right up my alley um in the same way that the reboot of Nancy Drew was like I just I really enjoy the heck out of that and uh I also it's it is that time of year so I'm I'm digging into my uh my holiday movies so you don't have to and um I finally finally have joined the cult and have my very own Apple TV account 
and right before we recorded tonight, I, I got to watch Spirited. And uh, wow, it, it really won me over. It's a lot of fun. It, it is a musical for anyone who didn't know it's a musical. It's a musical. Um, and I kind of at first thought it was just a new version of, um, of Scrooged, um, but it's, it's not. At first, I thought that's what was happening. I was just like, okay, uh, I'd rather watch Bill Murray. Like, and then, and then it took a turn uh, that I really enjoyed. And by the end of it, I was like, all right, it's silly, but I think, you know, it's worth your time. It's a feel good. It's a feel good movie for the cynic in us all. I, I thought it was okay. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't hit me in quite the same way it did you. For me, the best part of it was uh, Will Ferrell being at Olivia, uh, or uh, sorry, Octavia Spencer's um, Hollywood Walk of Fame star ceremony and shutting down a heckler who was there to bother Octavia Spencer. Because why would that? So like they built a bond and he stood up for her in that moment and like, awesome. Like that, that's great. I'm glad you have that bond now. <laughs> uh, but via, yeah, but the movie itself that. yeah i read about that and that i know at first i, I but i hadn't seen the movie yet so it's kind of mm. like huh i didn't know that was like the person she would have at her hollywood star mm -hmm. you know dedication ceremony like what is that about and then you see the movie and and uh and they have a whole thing it's a love interest which which i i really enjoyed that plot line i would have i could have uh enjoyed more of that plot line mm -hmm. um they spent a lot of time on on uh, musical numbers that probably could have been better spent on some character development um and more scenes of uh christmas past i think but um it's fine yeah she didn't get a lot mm -mm. well neither did the niece or the sister right. I, just right. all of it i mean it's it's very it was very surface i would still take um bill murray uh scrooge right yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i'm still that that would still be uh way higher on my personal list um than this one but it's it's something new so it's fun i liked it yeah. i got i got a, quite a few more on my list but i haven't gotten to them yet that's awesome i uh i saw pictures of um the guy who played thing so thing wasn't cgi it was a guy's actual hand and they just put him in a green suit except with like the hand exposed uh and there are some great pictures of just him like hugging close to wednesday you know with thing on her shoulder or just like curled and cramped into weird positions where he can like put his hand on things and um, it amused me. Thing I also a, just love that uh, thing was actually like it, it's so easy just to make thing like a CGI, but to make it just a guy in a green suit with a hand, I love. Well, that. and thing is a really big character, so I I remember you know I saw that too, and I was like, oh cool, like they got a real a, a real hand model. That's yeah. great, a hand actor. But thing is a huge character in the series. I love that. That's awesome. It's basically her companion. So it's, uh, uh, it's like like Harry has an owl. Wednesday has thing, uh, um, but uh, I'd say things a lot more involved. Nice. So uh, in 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 uh, in all the activities actually. So um, it's it's pretty fun, and and thing also also occasionally signs, uh, <laughs> oh. which is pretty awesome. cool. Yeah. yeah. Does the dialogue get better after episode one? Because the blonde, the the like, 
diva princess of the school was I was just like can you just not like this is awful this dialogue was written by a nine-year-old and my kid was like that's some bad dialogue and she is nine so like I really liked the world that was being created I have a like problem with Tim Burton overall I think he's a piece of shit um I really like that dance scene I haven't watched anything outside of like I've seen the dance scene out of context and it's fabulous yeah I haven't gotten to that part yet but we haven't watched episode two yet so like I I think it gets better I think it's also you know we lose we lose the family and get more into the the kids and their dynamics in the mystery um I I yeah there's there's some clunky you know kid to kid dialogue for sure but um so far, I'm looking past it. She's perfectly cast, though. Jenna oh, Ortega is, is perfectly cast. I like um, uh, I like all the actors in those in those roles. I have Louise Guzman as uh, Gomez. Uh, mm-hmm. That looks great to me. Catherine Zeta Jones. Uh, I think I'll, I I love all that. I think that's great. Um, Milana, what are you dorking out about? Uh, so this is my time of year to make my top ten list for the year, and I finished. White Lotus on Sunday night. I have yet to like, start I, it, but I'm looking forward to it. I was geared. I was like, okay, okay, I've seen them all now. Like, I I know that I'm not going to finish Fleischman before the year ends. So I'm not going to, like, I'm going to hold out on that, but whatever. And then I started, like, the next day, uh, or uh, yesterday started, This Is Going to Hurt, um, starring uh, Ben Wishaw, which is about a um doctor in the nhs and it's like hilarious and it's two modes are hilarious and devastating (laughs) like and it just goes back and forth between those two modes it it leans more into the hilarious but the devastation is devastating um and it's so it's like perfect tonal balance for me like that's that's where i want to live i want i want you to make me laugh and then I want you to just punch me in the face and make me ball. The bear so, like, is really great about that. Yes, exactly. That's, I mean, that's, that's why the bear is my number one of the year. That's why, likely, um, that's why Barry is in the top three, you know, mm-hmm. because again, those are two shows that will make you laugh and then will kick you in the face and you'll lose teeth. So I'm now like, well, shit, now I have to finish this show. So I could see where it fits because I get the feeling just from uh, how it's made and the performances and the storytelling and the fact that it's about uh, obs- uh, gynecology and obst- uh, it's an OBGYN in a hospital. I was obstetrics, obstetrician. Um, and Ben Wishaw's performance is pretty magical. Uh, oh, He's great. Yeah. And so like, now I'm like, okay, I, now I need to finish this series before I can make that determination. Um, so what network is it? AMC Plus. I'm watching it on Prime. Gotcha. So um, I don't know. I must have signed up for AMC Plus so I could watch uh, Kevin Ken talk himself. Um, but uh, I didn't finish that and probably forgot to unsub. As from, that happens. Yeah. yeah. But the other thing that I'm dorking out about is just I'm, I'm going to movies in the theater. Uh, I have a friend who likes to go to movies in the theater. 
Um, and uh, we have gone to see Tar, which I mentioned here. And then this last week, we went. We were planning on going to see the Fablemans, um, but they uh, didn't advertise that they weren't showing it on the night we went. And so we showed up for an 8.30 and they were like, ah, no, nope, it's not happening. And we're like, okay, fine, we'll see the menu. And I fucking loved it. I loved the menu. Ah, uh, that, so, I want to see that so bad. I have to see that. Wasn't it so good? It was great. Didn't I say? Come on. Yes, you did. It's so yeah, good. I, I okay, knew so. I was going to see it before you mentioned it, but like it was, you know, it, the, 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 the way it calls out chef uh, and foodie culture is just mm, mm, beautiful um and the balance of the whole thing is is very good so it was very entertaining uh i liked it a lot so nice um beyond that uh not dorking on much <laughs> i'm sure i'll have more soon curtis what are you dorking on about i uh i finished the uh the Western series, The English, on uh, Amazon Prime. Did Island. it did it stick the landing? Yeah, I think so. It was uh, it had it had some nice twists to it. Um, yeah, um, I think Emily Blunt was terrific. Uh, the actor uh, that played the um, the Native uh, Union Scout. Um, pal um was tremendous um yeah i had some really interesting twists too uh and it was um it kind of um it didn't it didn't pull any punches like it was there were some pretty intense moments where i was just like oh they went there okay (laughs) (laughs) um and i kind of like that so i'm and like i've said previously i'm a fan of um of a good western and it kind of has me um i think last night i was surfing around prime just looking at different sort of options for westerns and things like that and going like oh yeah oh yeah sort of thing like things that i haven't seen in like forever that i think i remember seeing like in syndication when i was in like middle school and shit that i'm gonna look at again spaghetti western stuff oh I, i'm in a, i'm in a, i'm in a, I'm in a western mood yeah yeah. I'm a big fan of spaghetti westerns. I grew yeah. up on that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's one with uh with uh uh Henry Fonda uh that my brother has always raved about that I've actually never seen called um The Man with No Name. Uh, oh yeah. Mid 70s um with Terrence Good Hill stuff. and I think that might be a Sergio Leone production. I think it is. Um and I have never seen it and I am definitely going to probably watch it tomorrow night. You should. That's good stuff. I'll report. I uh I am dorking out about so um you know the sequel to Knives Out came out Glass Onion, and um and uh I am a big fan of the Who Dunnets as is my mother and uh, I saw Knives Out when it came out in 2019 and I loved it um and so. Um, I, I have dinner with my parents a couple times a month and then we always watch something like a movie or something like that. And I was like, ah, oh, we should watch, you know, Knives Out. I think you would get a kick out of it. And then we could watch the the sequel. And so I watched Knives Out with my with my parents and um, 
I just I I loved it when it came out in the theater, and I just forgot how good that movie was, and how much I'm looking forward to Glass Onion. Um, as a fan of whodunits, it just like hits all the buttons, uh, and Daniel Craig is delightful. But like, so is everybody in that movie, and like like Don Johnson just coming out of nowhere and being excellent. Um, it's just um, man. I forgot. Last on you is fabulous. Is it? It's uh, better can't. than Knives Out. Uh, I can't wait. And it's also got a stacked cast. Yes, in a different in a different way. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think Netflix um is doing like five of them or something stupid like that. They've and only got three right now. Three of them. Uh, man. Yeah. I'm into it. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. That's Are they now, Alana, you caught it in that like one week in the theater, right? Yes. They did. And I didn't realize it was truly only one week. So I was going to go see it. I was like, oh, oh, you teases. You really did kind of do what they said they were going to do. I, I wasn't sure they really do it. And so does it come back in both theaters and Netflix? No, like, just, Netflix. just then, Netflix. Uh, Ryan Johnson is trying to get it back into theaters. Basically what happened was Ryan Johnson sold, Ryan Johnson signed a $400 million deal to make two more Knives Out movies for Netflix. And then Netflix was going to use those movies to help drive up subscriberships, which why wouldn't they, of course. And then Ryan Johnson was, after signing the deal, like, well, maybe we could release it into the theaters because I'm someone who, yeah, I, I really think it should be in the theaters. And then Netflix was like, okay, you're Ryan Johnson and everybody loves you, so we'll say yes. Uh, and so they released it for a week and then it just did gangbusters in that week that it was out. Um, and then uh, Netflix was like, all right, we promised we'd give you one week. And then he was like, but maybe we can do a little more. <laughs> and so now he's asking, but maybe we can release it in February. Like, just I want people to see it on the big screen. It would uh, be weird being in that position as Netflix going like, we could make a shitload of money releasing the theaters, but also this is our leverage make for shit- subscribers. Yeah, they can make by a shitload making it exclusive. more. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's it's a really tough spot, but you know, Netflix killed movie theaters, um, and HBO, Netflix and HBO killed movie theaters. Uh, so, and the pandemic, but splitting <laughs> and hairs. the shitty movies coming out in movie theaters. Well, the only reason they're coming out of movie theaters is is because their movie theaters are dead. Like, yeah, let's be. Yeah. I mean. That's the problem, <laughs> you know. It's, it's totally it's capitalism that's the problem. Let's not split. Oh, capitalism! Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for ruining everything, capitalism. Yeah. Um, that's all I got. Anybody's dorking out about anything else? I just I nailed Hanukkah this year. I absolutely <laughs> fucking nailed the gifts that I got, Beth. So. And the I and- have not started any of that. Can I tell you? Can I be honest? Can I be honest with the three of you and our 12 listeners? Yeah. What's that? I'm kind of bah humbug this year. Good. I'm just not feeling uh, it. Yeah. I've been there for you many- don't need to, You don't need to be any particular way Thank you. during this season. And if someone yeah. calls you a Scrooge or a Grinch mm-hmm. or a bah humbug, they can go fuck themselves. That's what I was going to say. Can I just tell them go fuck themselves? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's it's like, 
why do I have to ascribe to your standards of what this time of year means? Thank you. It's depressing. It's dark. It's cold. It's, it's wet. Just, uh, the, the consumerism just like makes right. me sick. The whole thing. You I honestly love the weather it. this time of year. I was I was talking That's to a fine, friend of yeah. mine. This is this is all I want. Like on Christmas, I don't want the gifts and I and and all of that. This is what I would love. I show up. There's just like a giant charcuterie board, and yeah. uh, and we all just like eat, drink, and be merry all day. And like maybe I can take a nap. That's like all. That's like yeah, yeah. What I want yeah, I without the expectations because I hate Thanksgiving too. Mm. Oh, what I, I want for Christmas is I want to roll out of. Off the couch, hungover, turn on the TV, watch basketball for twelve hours straight, oh, yeah. and then get uh, delivery Chinese that's oh. like good Szechuan with that heavy mollusk seasoning. See, uh, you're uh, speaking spicy. my language, Alana. This is what I'm talking about. I, I, and I loved that before I got married to a Jew, and now it's just like <laughs> that's what we do on Christmas. Now that's the tradition. Yeah, I, that's it. I'm going there. I'm, I'm going to become. I'm going to become culturally Christmas Jewish. That's my Good. identity from here on. Get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, if you're listening to this uh, and you like what you hear, you should hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to it. We're on, I don't know, Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google and all that other nonsense. And if you can't find us wherever you're listening to it, let us know and uh, we'll join it. Uh, while you're at it, you should uh, you should read Curtis's blog, 12life.com. Um, uh, he's always got some good stuff on there. He he doesn't pull any punches, you know. If he sees something that uh, he doesn't like, he's going to let you know. Uh, and me, Pete Carroll and John Schneider and Jody Allen, if you're out there, you should read 12life.com. You There's should. There's a very on. special letter that he's <laughs> written just for them this week. <laughs> yeah. All right, once more, my name is Daniel for Curtis Alana Millie, the rest of the twelves saying goodbye and go hawks. Go hawks. Go hawks.